Hi, I am Michael. I'm a small business owner. Previously, a coulda, woulda, shoulda, but now I'm a gonna. Always looking for fun, a terribly decent improv artist, a bit manic, and always looking for something new and interesting to entertain me. I am a TV host and your host right now for what we call the Second Scene Podcast, a dweebs global production where we interview people you know about the things that they're not necessarily known for. I'm here today with Melinda Fox Wellington. She has 20 years experience in the medical field, 10 of that being as a combat medic having deployed to Iraq twice. She is also a professional semi-truck driver, which you can see her in right now, and is currently on, her, on scene 2.5 of her life, which is as a health, life, and travel coach. So welcome, Melinda. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Was it, did that describe you fairly well? In a nutshell, yes. Okay. It's hard to put somebody into three sentences, but <laughs> we try our best. <laughs> so I just want to start out by, of course, thanking you for your service to our country. I mean, that's amazing and something I just I couldn't imagine. Oh, it, it was my pleasure. It truly was. Um, I actually have a long family history of being in the military, so it, it's just part of our family. Oh, really? You're you're mom your dad um my grandpa was in the navy and then a couple uncles were in the army and other military forces my son is in the navy right now so i mean it's just okay. been around for a while got you so that's what that's what that's what brought you into it correct okay uh how was it being a woman serving um, it was actually really good. I was really fortunate. I've heard horror stories and luckily I haven't had to see any of those or be through any of those. I had uh, wonderful experiences, professionalism, everything. Is there any, any experience that sticks out to you that's really changed your life? Um, well, I remember like on one deployment, we would, um, you know, carry like a handful of days worth of stuff. So I had two duffel bags and I had one strapped to my back, one going long ways. And I had a, a friend took a picture of me from behind. And it looked like a duffel bag with just two little feet. <laughs> <laughs> Shuffling <Yeah>. along. <laughs> oh yes. yes How far did you have to walk with that much gear on you? Uh, with that much on, it was pretty much just from the bus to the airplane. It okay. wasn't too bad. You had other, other long, long treks though yes uh we do like um rock marches and we have about 100 pounds on us reckon okay so and usually we do about 15 kilometers 10 to 15. okay when you're out in the field and you're treating soldiers that have like these major wounds how much how prepared i, I can't imagine being tra traveling and having that much uh equipment and what you would need to treat these uh these life-threatening wounds when we're actually you know in the vehicles traveling and we have to get out and do wound care uh we definitely just have bare necessities uh gauze uh, rolls of uh kevlar we got the uh, tourniquets and then we also had some combat wound powder stuff to pour in there that would stop uh, sudden bleeding so it's pretty much just on hands deck and then get them out and then gotcha. go on to the next one. Yeah. Does that become like an everyday occurrence? Is that something you got used to? They train us for it to be an everyday occurrence. Um, actually, when I was deployed, I was in a um, 
on what's called a fob. And uh, they would have people out on convoys bring them to us, kind of like a, a emergency room type. Okay, what's a fog? I guess that's a, a base, essentially. Uh, correct. It's like a, a forward base. Okay, okay. Um, I can't imagine how much pain like the soldiers would be in when you'd have to be pouring stuff into their into their wounds. Oh, yes. Uh, I mean, there was some rough stuff, but I mean, overall, it really was a, a decent deployments. Yeah, more, more about the camaraderie and... Oh yes, I miss that. <laughs> that's great. That's I hear that I've heard, that's one of the most common things I've heard from people who surf. It's just the camaraderie that they they get. Yeah. Well, we all go through the same training essentially, so we all kind of have that foundation base that we can relate to. Okay. How does it compare to being a, a civilian doctor? Um, well, I wasn't a doctor, I was a medical assistant. <laughs> and um but it's completely different. It really is. And I, um, I do miss my patients, though. Um, being civilian, it's more laid back. You get to have more personal care. Um, but it turns into also that, you know, it's more what will the insurance pay than what does the patient need, whereas in the military, it's more, you know. So it's both got their pros and cons. Right. It sounds like it's more paperwork here, and it's not about <laughs> saving the life all the time. <laughs> Correct. That, that's unfortunate. That's got to be a frustrating. Yes. Yes, it was very frustrating, uh, which is kind of why I reached burnt out doing medical um, because it truly became more about what the insurance would pay for than what the patient needs. And um, and that's how one of the ways I kind of got into driving a semi truck. OK, well, it's really that drastic. Yes that you want to give a patient the proper treatment and you literally can't. Yes. And that, that was a regular everyday occurrence, I guess. Yes, it was. That's sad. That's incredibly sad. You, you always kind of hear the stories, but uh, I guess I didn't realize how bad it was. It, it, each place is different, but it is, it does have its moments. And I mean, when you're sitting there trying to explain something to a patient and they're like, well, you need to hurry up. And I'm like, well, I'm trying to help the patient. And they're like, well, we got more patients to do an insurance and covering for you to talk to them. Wow. Like, okay. <laughs> oh, that's insane. That's insane. That's yes. gotta make, it's got to make people cold after a while because you have to push through it. You can't, yeah, there's nothing you can do about the system. You're not part of that. System. You're just, uh, oh, that's terrible. Um, so that, but that pushed you into semi-truck driving, correct? Yeah, part of it. Yes. That, that was the final leg to get me over, but I had my license for over a year. Um, which is a hilarious story. Well, let me but, <laughs> my husband and I have a fifth wheel toy hauler RV. What's and that? I asked, um, kind of like a mobile home that has okay. a little garage in the back because we have motorcycles okay they call them toy haulers okay. and um it's 46 feet and i asked my husband to teach me how to drive it and he said no um because we would either get a divorce or we'll end up killing each other <laughs> and probably about a week after that i actually came home and i'm like oh don't worry about it i enrolled into truck driving school so i can know how to drive the rv <laughs> how did you feel about that <laughs> he was happy he's like good i don't have to teach you <laughs> <laughs> i have to say that i i i 
it was with a regular car driver's license for my wife. But yeah, I, I tried teaching her one or two days and we immediately hired somebody else. It was <laughs> did not think it was a good path for our marriage. <laughs> yep. And he, he was really smart about that. So yeah. <laughs> so I actually got my class A driver's license to drive the RV. And then when I reached burnt out in medical, I asked my husband if he mind if I just drove for a couple of years until he retires. I guess he said no. He wanted the free, he wanted the free time at home as much as you wanted your yes. time on the road. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Sometimes that's great for a marriage. <laughs> yes, it has been. So, what kind of what kind of trucks do you drive now? I actually drive an eighteen wheeler semi truck. Okay, the big boys. Yes. <laughs> What's that like to to just be commanding such a vehicle on the highway? It's. I mean. It's just like everything else. Once you get used to it, it, it's like driving a regular vehicle. You just got to watch your back end a little bit more and prepare a little bit more ahead because it does take so much longer to stop. Right. How many drivers do you want to just yell at because they drive in your blind spot or? Well, there's no just want to. I do, but. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, they can't hear you. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I'm having a rough week or I'm doing something wrong if I don't get flipped off at least two or three times a week. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I have to say, I don't think I've ever flicked off a, 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 a semi truck <laughs> driver. And as long as I'm in a good mood, I try to let them get in front of me. So <laughs> we, all, we all kind of days out and go into our own worlds, uh, which is not the best yes. on the road. Has technology oh, yeah. go on? I'm sorry. I was going to say, you know, when somebody does something in front of, I'll yell at them and then I'm like, what am I doing? I do the same thing when I'm in a car. So, I mean. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Has technology changed the trucking industry yet? Um, Well, we have tablets that when we start driving, it automatically puts us on what's called our drive log. And we're only allowed to drive for 11 hours a day. It is our max amount of drive time. Okay. So technology keeps track of all that now instead of the old days when you used to have paper logs and have to write it down and everything. Gotcha. So it's, it's made it easier. Um, and navigations and load assignments, they all come through the tablets now instead of trying to do it all old school way. So I think it has definitely made it a lot easier work-wise, uh, personal-wise. I mean, I get to do a Zoom meeting after, you know, driving a couple hours and then I'm just going to go right back off and drive again. So, I mean, it, it definitely technology does make it a lot easier. What's the longest you're allowed to drive without taking a break? Uh, eight hours. Okay. And they're pretty strict. You have, yeah. You have to take a 30 minute break within eight hours. Okay. What kind of, what kind of goods are you transporting? Um, just general merchandise that uh, is in a warehouse type store. Okay. Um, has it, has it been, how many women are driving trucks? Uh, last time I did the research on it, there was over 300 million truck drivers and less than 6% was females. So has, have you had any, uh, any encounters or anything that's been difficult because you're a female? Um, no, I haven't had any difficult ones. I mean, you, you'll get guys that make comments and stuff like that. Um, a lot of sexual induos, um, but I just play dumb and just carry on and just kind of ignore them. Um, there's been like one time I came out after you get fuel, you pull up to the line to go in to, you know, maybe grab a snack or use the bathroom or something. 
And then when I came back out, guys started yelling at me saying Snyder drivers are always just taking their 30 minute breaks at the fuel island and stuff. And, um, and I was like, well, you know, I had to, uh, I said, well, at least this Snyder driver washes her hands after she takes a crap and he just kind of ducked down and all the other drivers started pointing at him going, Ooh, she got you. And stuff. so, <laughs> I mean, there's fun times for sure. Yeah. <laughs> what are the truck stops like? I know they, they have a reputation. You know, I, I own a couple of pawn shops. So my pawn, pawn shops have a reputation of being these sleazy places that people go to sell stolen merchandise, which they're not. Like my pawn shops are very nice. People don't sell stolen merchandise. They're a great place to visit. We love our customers. The customers love us. <laughs> but I know that truck stops probably have, they have kind of a similar like a stig stigma to them that my shops have today. Yes, they do have stigmas. Um, I've heard all these stories about lot lizards. What I have not seen any. What's a um, lot they're, lizard? They're like um, hookers that hang out in the truck stops to pick up Johns. Um, but I have not seen any. Um, but I do, when I stay at truck stops, I try to avoid them when I can because um, a lot of drivers are I wouldn't say a lot. A good amount of drivers, though, are nasty, and they're like pour out piss bottles in the yard, and I mean it just smells stinky and stuff. So I try to stay away from them. I don't unless I have to. Gotcha. Okay, so their their reputation does kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. I first time I stayed at a truck stop, I had uh, two guys come knock on my door after I pulled my curtains, and they're like, uh, because we parked back to back all the way down and there's not much light in them and they kept I heard a knock on my door and I opened up the curtain and it was two guys saying that I hit their trailer and I needed to get out of my truck to the back and go look and I'm like um no I said let me call the store and see if there's a manager or something that can go back there with me because I'm not getting out of my truck and um, they're like well we'll call the police on you I'm like that's fine call the police I don't care you know then we'll go look when the police get here don't bother me <laughs> Um, but ended up being, I didn't hit them at all. A uh, lady took me, she from the store took me back there to go look at them and everything. But yeah, that was, that's why I kind of shy away from truck stops. It was a little scary. Yeah, that's very scary. I don't know what they were planning or whatnot. Um, what, what, what's the most dangerous part of truck driving? I would say four wheelers, uh, cars. Yeah. Really? We yeah. are. <laughs> the, the way they just pull in front of you or the way they um, don't know how to merge or, you know, just, I would say that would definitely be the most dangerous is the four wheelers. Gotcha. What, um, what do you enjoy most about it? Um, gosh, the views. Yeah. I mean, just driving across in between big metroplexes and just seeing how pretty America really is. And the sunsets and the sunrises, I mean, once you get on the long stretch where there's not a lot of cars, just jam whatever you want to jam to and just enjoy the views. And you still you still can appreciate that no matter how many times you, you do it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> do, you like, do you enjoy the peace and the solitude? Yeah, you know, because when you're around people all the time, you have your people mask on. And, you know, being in the truck by myself, I don't have to play the mask. I can just be myself. And I mean, it, it's just, 
it's awesome. Right. What is that? What's your opinion of the Tesla semis that are coming out? If you know anything about them. Yeah. Well, the electronic semis at Tesla's one type of them. Um, I can see them being beneficial during the long runs, but I cannot see them being inside Metroplex areas. Why is that? There's just, because the computers and the cameras kind of do a certain radius around the vehicle, whereas we see about 600, you know, um, meters, if not more, ahead. Mm -hmm. And um, I can see stuff that's happening. I go ahead and start slowing down that, you know, maybe a quarter mile ahead or so. Right. Whereas the cameras, you know, I don't know if they do or don't, but I don't see how they could be that far ahead to try to predict something that might happen. Right. No, it makes sense. Makes sense. How does a, I used to drive stick shift and I had six gears. What's on a standard semi? Um, well, there's different ones of them. Mm -hmm. I learned on a 13 gears. Okay. And, um, but since I've been driving this truck, they gave me an automatic. So, which like everything has pros and cons. Okay. Um, I don't even think I was aware that they had automatic semis. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I, there are days I wish I had a manual, mm -hmm. um, especially when, you know, you got to drop a gear to get that extra torque to get going. Mm -hmm. But when you're stuck in. Houston traffic at five o'clock, you love the automatic. <laughs> yeah, I, I drove stick shift for a long time and I don't miss it at all. But when I go to Europe, when I rent a car, oh, I have so much fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but on a regular day, I'm very happy with my automatic. <laughs> yes, yes, that's what I say. Everything's got pros and cons. Most of the time I do enjoy the automatic. Um, but sometimes I do miss a stick. Uh, I wish I had that little extra torque sometimes. So you're enjoying the, the semi-truck driving. I'm guessing you're planning to continue doing that through your, your next scene? Um, definitely for a bit longer. I mean, I, I love it. Um, my husband retires soon, so we're planning on living in the RV full-time while he enjoys his retirement. And then, But I always will keep this as my backup just in case. I okay. ever need to come back. What, uh, so what is your, your next scene? You're planning on being a professional coach, life coach, travel coach? Correct. Um, I'm actually going to be a nomad and travel lifestyle coach. I am going to work with people who travel more than 70% of the time um, because it, it does such a large factor of our whole lifestyle as far as um, you know the way we eat the way we sleep while we sleep in, you know, in different areas, different beds, different environments, um, not having a kitchen to prepare our food. Um, and what, what caused me to do this one, I was missing my patients. I really missed that interaction with patients. And as a coach, I wouldn't have to worry about, you know, how long I spend with the patient or how long I talk to them or answer their questions because I'll be my own boss. Um, Two, I actually got over 200 pounds driving and um, I started, I was like, I know what I should do. Why can't I do it? And I actually, you know, was looking for a coach to help me in this lifestyle and was not able to find one. 
So I actually went to health coaching school so I can just learn it myself. And um, since I've been in school and I just recently got my certifications, I've lost over 50 pounds. Nice. Congratulations. So um, it's possible. How, how do you stave off depression? Staying at different hotels, not being at home? Um, well, technology, it helps a lot. It really does. Um, but you still miss those little daily interactions that, you know, sometimes turn into those inside jokes. So there is a a, a definite removal part of that. Um, You just got to find little adventures while you're traveling that will keep your um, spirits up. Right. Um, What is, uh, what's some advice that you can give people who are essentially no badge traveling about for their, for their, for their lifestyle uh, to keep them, keep them healthy? Um, Definitely prepare, plan, know what you need. Um, Use technology uh, to do, you know, where you need to go. For example, if I know I am going to a specific place in um, a city and I'm going to be staying the night there, I use an app that's um, all trails. And I will go on there to find a a hiking path. And then I try to find a place to park that's near that trail. So when I get up, I can do a couple miles in the morning before I start driving. I Um, I love that app, by the way. I use that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's wonderful. It's great. I've been mountain biking a lot with my kids and with a couple of friends of mine. And oh, it's, it's awesome. It's great. Yes, yes. So I, I usually find, you know, something like within a half a mile or a mile of a trail that I find that I want to try out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that keeps me going. Uh, you know, the food, there's always healthy options. Um, you just got to get a little creative. Most restaurants will work with you if you ask them. For example, I love chicken Alfredo. It's one of my favorites. I just ask them to swap the noodles for broccoli. Mm. So it makes it a little bit healthier and you get your veggies in. Um, So, I mean, just little tricks like that. Um, Each traveler has different circumstances. So I would, you know, need to know what their specific circumstances are so we can work and tweak to their travel style. All right. That makes sense. Uh, So, you know, I'd always think that truck drivers are kind of limited to uh, fast food. And, and restaurants would, would even take up too much time, but I guess not. Well, there's that. And then um, truck stops, of course, has a lot of food. I actually have a plug-in 12-volt refrigerator freezer. Okay. And I buy uh, like a lot of the healthy frozen meals. And then I don't know if you ever heard of a, a Hot Logic Mini. No. It's a little insulated pouch that has a, a heating pad in the bottom. Okay. And it just plugs into a 12 volt and I can plug in a TV dinner and about two and a half, three hours later, it'll be perfectly hot. So when I know I'm, you know, a couple hours away from my stop, I'll just throw in dinner. And when I get there, dinner's ready. Oh my God, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's been my number one tool in um, losing a lot of my weight while driving. Okay. That, that's great. That's great advice. What, what motivated you to do it though? I mean, it's really hard to make that change. 
I, people say it all the time. I want to, I want to, I want to uh, doing. Yes. I want to, I want to, I want to, or, um, I know what I need to do and try it and it works for a couple of weeks. And then you go back to your old habits. Um, cause I was there. Oh my goodness. I was there, but, um, I'm getting into my mid forties. Uh, I had two aunts that passed away within a couple of years of being 50, uh, due to medical reasons, me being overweight, got high cholesterol, got pre-diabetes, and I'm in my mid-40s. I'm like, I got to do something. I can't just know what I should do and then do it for a couple of weeks and then go back. I have to do it now. Yeah, yeah. it still takes takes somebody to want to do it themselves and not other people questioning. So, Right, but going through coaching certifications it, it really because I learned a lot about the um, belief systems I learned about the habit cycles the, and um, it's really changed a lot of my mindset and this is the reason why I've been able to succeed this time well I think it's wonderful you're doing that I've I firmly believe in therapy and coaches I've used them both still use them both <laughs> and they have been huge helps uh, in my life so um, I think it's, I think it's wonderful that you're doing that. And it sounds like you're, you're doing it in a field that probably doesn't have, uh, many people doing it, if any. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, when I was started looking, cause when I was like, okay, I'm serious about this now, let me, you know, start looking into coaches and stuff that maybe specialize in this lifestyle and I couldn't find them. So I went to school. Uh, that's, that's wonderful. Um, so I, yeah, thank you just for all the people out there that I'm sure are going to need you and want you. And, um, <laughs> I think you're going to do some great, some great things. Uh, before we go, I was just, I was, I, I, I meant to ask this before, but how is COVID affected the truck driving industry at all or, or yourself driving? It has made things more complex. Um, especially when it first came out, uh, because, you know, we do rely a lot on, you got to think every time I got to go to the bathroom, I have to use a public restroom. So, I mean, that's multiple times a day being exposed to potential. So, but luckily I have so many years in the health field, I was able to, you know, do different types of preparations and try to protect myself as much as possible. Um, a lot of uh, the stores and the restaurants uh, at first weren't let us in. It, it was drive through only. And then we were able to finally start be able to at least, you know, knock on the door and they'll come to the door and take our orders and stuff. But it, it's better now than it was when it first started. Has there still, has it been harder to find the work or because I'm assuming with so many places closed, they're not it a pretty good really, Yeah, it really depends on um, what you haul. Uh, you know, there's still a lot of road construction. So there's a lot of drivers that haul stuff for road construction. They're still really busy. Um, I still see a lot of uh, like windmills and stuff, uh, loads going by. So they're still putting up a lot of windmills and stuff. But I know people that... Um, Hall stuff for like luxury, they've been really slow. Uh, furniture, a lot of people's not buying furniture right now because that's a you know it's not a necessity. Right. Um, I I deliver to uh, warehouses that sells you know mixed merchandises, so I've been pretty busy because I'm on a dedicated account. So it really depends on 
what type of uh, contract you're with or what load you're on. Okay. All right. And you've, you've managed to find the work or do you work for a specific company? Is that how it works? Yes. I actually work for a specific company that has a contract through the warehouse. Okay. All right. If, if people want to find you and they're looking for a coach, how do they do so? Um, the easiest way to find me is just uh, search my name. It's very unique spelling, MelindaFoxWellington.com. Um, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. Okay. Um, I really appreciate the time that you've spent with us. And, I appreciate um, it. It's been a lot of fun. Stay safe on the road. And I will do my best not to get in the way of any trucks when I drive up to New York next week. <laughs> Luckily, I don't have to drive there. I don't know if I could be able to, to be honest with you, from the horror stories I've heard. Yeah, I mean, I like driving there in a small car. I couldn't imagine <laughs> driving there in a truck. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've heard. The trucks, they have a lot of trouble up there. Oh my God, even on the, I don't know how they do it on the, on the roads in New York. I drive a fairly small car and just fitting through some of, you know, double parked on both sides and I see trucks do it and it's like millimeters between them and <laughs> yeah they, they when they train us they tell us as long as you see daylight you're good <laughs> even if it's just a sliver of it <laughs> it's just a sliver <laughs> Woo, yeah <laughs> i couldn't handle that stress no way <laughs> have you ever hit anything <laughs> no but i did have a car that fell to merge and hit my trailer no no yeah, I'm like, how do you miss this thing? I mean, it, it's like ginormous. Yeah, right? But yeah, they they just went right into me, didn't merge at all. Accidents aren't my thing either. No, no, no. Thank you. This has been Second Scene with myself, Michael. Thank you, Melinda Fox Wellington. Definitely search for her online and uh, definitely look her up as a coach. Um, if you want more no-nonsense advice or free one-on-one mentorship, uh, from any area, from resume writing to mental health, send us a contact request at dweebsglobal.org and we will pair you with the mentor. Again, thank you for serving our country and everything you've done. And it's been a joy talking to you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.